0: tech fan number 11 with Tim Robertson and David Cohen. The subject? Video games. Where we think video games are going in the future and a little bit in the past. Thanks for downloading. Gus Fitch got me. Huh.
1: Oh, sorry. That's what happens when you take your eye off the ball, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. nice to know that you're concentrating on the right things in life.
0: <laughs> so that was kind of a stupid opening, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> but it is kind of true. For the last few weeks – by the way, I'm Tim Robertson. He's David Cohen. This is Tech Fan yeah. uh, number 11. Um, yeah, for the last week or so, maybe a little less – David, I've been playing Harry Potter years one through four. It's a Lego game on the iPad. Uh, They have it for the iPhone as well, but the screen, like I've said in the past, the screen is just too small.
1: Yeah. I I tried, I tried to play it on the iPhone and uh, arthritis set in very quickly.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, On the iPad, on the other hand, well, let me back up. This episode, we're going to kind of concentrate on video games, not just video games today, but kind of where we see the entire interactive media genre going in the future. And uh, so we're going to do a little bit of I think this and I think that. So we'll see where the show goes. But let's start with the Lego Harry Potter. Now, this is a game, David, that I actually have on the PS3. And I've mentioned on Geekiest Show Ever, the other podcast that I do – Semi regularly with Chad Perry, and sometimes you're on that as well. Um, you're actually one of the original host of that show too. Yeah, um, I love the Lego games. You know, you break no. stuff and you collect the coins, and you know, collect characters. What?
1: It's yeah, it's interesting when they first started doing those. Like you know, everyone kind of thought, oh, well, this is just going to be a kids game, but actually, um, they have a surprising amount of depth. They do um, for a kids game, um, and even though they have kind of what what's very clever about them is is they translate the thing, the subject matter. They've done Star Wars, they've done Indiana Jones, they've done Batman. They translate the subject matter into the Lego world um, in a very clever way. It's very inventive.
0: Now, gameplay um, is pretty much similar as they have been for, f- like, five years now for the whole platform. Yeah,
1: but, but they're kind of classic, kind of classic pl- puzzle platform games. Yep. You know, there's a collection element to them. And as I say, because you're familiar with the properties that they, uh, they generally cover, uh, the way they act- – I mean, you kind of think, like, how, how on earth are they going to do the whole Star Wars saga in Lego in a way that isn't violent and, uh, you know, is kind of tongue-in-cheek? And they, they pull it off very well.
0: Oh, I, I, um, which, I think it's a perfect rendition. I think it's probably one of the best Star Wars games ever.
1: In fact, um, I remember playing through um, the—I think it was the second—the uh, second Lego uh, game, which actually was the was the newer trilogy. Yes. And I actually finished the game and got the whole story of the trilogy before I'd actually seen the third film. So when I <laughs> actually went to see the movie in the cinemas, I kind of knew how it was going to end because I'd played the Lego game first. You know.
0: It's uh, it, you know the Lego games. For me, is pure family entertainment. They're they're yeah. not violent. They're fun. Some of them are easier than others. My three year old, who just turned three, Cole, is playing Lego Star Wars now. Yeah. Now he try he's trying to play Lego Batman, but it's just too difficult for him. I think because yeah. you really have to have a certain characters, and you can't walk through the green goo and yeah. you know. But the the Lego Star Wars, he he just. He doesn't really know what he's doing, but he kind of does, and he's he just loves yeah. it. Yeah,
1: and and that actually brings up an important point about these games. They are cooper; they're built to be cooperative games. You can play them as a single player because you can switch characters any time you like. But you know, certainly with the later ones, if you've got two players playing at the same time, it makes the whole game not only easier to to complete but also more fun because you're relying on each other to do things for each other, kind of in a cooperative mode.
0: And as a parent. Cole wants to play by himself quite a bit, but he gets stuck at certain points. My wife and I can pick up the other controller, join the game, help him out. Okay, now follow over here and then come over here and and then drop out again. And he just continues on his way and he's having a good time. He loves it. It's great. Now, having owned – oh, by the way, I got the uh, Lego Star Wars for Mac. It's the complete trilogy. It just came out, believe it or not. I mean, this is a game Uh that's been out for – a couple of years. I bought it like two and a half years ago, used for fifteen ninety nine on the PS three. That tells you how long this game's been around.
1: Yeah, I can. I can remember. I think I remember seeing the PC version of the first Lego like, Star Wars about about four years ago.
0: Yeah, and they just released. Firal Interactive just released it for the Macintosh, so I don't expect it to be a huge seller for them. No. Um, but because they, they've already done Batman, they've done Indiana Jones. I know they're doing Harry Potter for the Mac. Uh, so Star Wars, the complete saga and Lego edition for the Mac. I don't expect it to be a big seller, but it's exactly the way it is on all the other platforms. It's just perfect. So it's, yeah.
1: So what about, now how about the iPad version? Is that, is that exactly the same as the, other,
0: as the other games? For Harry Potter? Yeah. Now, Harry Potter Lego, I played it on the PS3, beat the game, so was my wife, so I'm very familiar with it. And I was kind of hesitant to buy it on the iPad. Or the iPhone too, because I was like, eh, I don't know. I, I've already played it there, and it's going to feel kind of cramped and not intuitive because it's all hand gestures and all that. It's a completely different game. Yeah. It, it has the same name. It has the basic elements of the first game, and it uses the same cutscenes, but the actual ah. gameplay is totally different. It's a it's a totally right. different okay. video game, and uh-huh. I really like it. Like I said. Yeah. Uh, I I tried to play it a couple times on the iPhone just too cramped then I started to play it a little bit on the iPad and it kind of starts out a little boring and I it just didn't feel intuitive and then one day last week I just said you know what I'm going to power through like two levels to see if I actually like the game and I haven't put it down since
1: right I,
0: I think it's great
1: yeah yeah I, I, in fact I, when I bought it I, I bought it intending to play it on the iPad but when I, when I first got it they said "Oh, don't, don't put it on the iPad until 4.2 comes out because it doesn't work properly. Um, and I haven't actually got around to installing it on my iPad yet, so um, so I'll have to give it a try.
0: It, it makes more sense on the iPad simply because you can see so much more. When you're drawing yeah. the little shapes and stuff on your screen, you, yeah. it's, it's difficult to do on the iPhone. It's just too small. Right. So uh-huh. I like it a lot. But that leads cool. us to the bigger discussion. Where are video games going? And... Is it even fair to call them video games anymore? I mean, that's that's never going to change, but it almost seems kind of like an archaic term at this point. A video game. Well, when I think video well, game, I think of you know arcades and Atari twenty six hundred, and I don't really think about Xbox. I mean, I do, but I don't. You know well, what I mean? Well,
1: the thing is, is, is that you and I come from a you know when we, we remember video games when they first first arrived i was actually thinking about this the other day you know i remember the thrill of going to a video arcade yep uh, you know at the time if you had a gaming system at home it was something like 2600 which you know was while the games were fun the you know the controllers were kind of horrible kind of dorky and the graphics were very blocky and that you know the sound was kind of beepy boopy and when whereas you, if you went to the arcade i mean you got a completely different experience yep and um the thrill of of as you know as as a for me as a, as a sort of a, you know a 10 11 year old child of going to a video arcade and playing big games you know i used to go to uh, a place like Chuck E. cheeses where you could get a whole you know if you had a birthday party you get a whole load of um, of coins and you could play all afternoon on on all the latest games and it was it was tremendously exciting and a completely different experience to to playing at home and i think that kind of colors you know People of our generation, our view of video games, in that you know there was always different types of games, and the home experience was kind of always the uh, the lesser cousin of, the, of of what you would call arcades. But nowadays, I mean, arcades have been stagnant for years.
0: There's um, no money in
1: them. And, well, none of these, the, there's no money in them. There's no real innovation. I mean, that 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 was the thing that was always exciting for me to go and see the the latest improvements in video games. And it, and but it seems to me that arcades, about ten years ago, they kind of they discovered um the light gun and the dancing platform and the ride on bike and the like the driving simulator and it seems like since then they've just done no innovation whatsoever it's just variations on that same theme and that the kind of development and innovation you used to see in the arcades you just don't see anymore you see more innovation home with different types of controllers in in the home than than you do in arcades nowadays and arcades have as, as a result become a kind of to me kind of a boring place the games aren't as much fun as, as playing at home
0: you know i was just thinking while you were talking the way arcades used to be the first thing that people really went to the arcades for was pac-man that's the one that was the kind of yeah, Space Invaders before that, but really it was Pac-Man that was the first true breakout video game star, if you will. That's yeah, the one that brought yeah, people to right. the arcades. And they because had the multiple first... players, but it was like, you go, then I go, then you go, then that's I go. That's right.
1: And the reason Pac-Man was successful because it was the first accessible game. Yes. I mean, before that, you had, I mean, space, you, people forget Space Invaders, Asteroids, games like that. they were really hard. If you wanted to last more than about a minute, a minute 30, you needed to have a considerable amount of skill, which meant a fair amount of investment of money. That's right. Whereas, really, with, with Pac Man, um, anybody could come up and play. I mean, remember, Pac Man was the first game that kind of I ever saw girls playing in the arcade because it was the first game that had ever appealed to them because it wasn't shooting and killing things.
0: I agree. And then after Pac Man, the arcade was still popular, but there wasn't that one big game until. A game came out that really changed everything, and that was Mortal Kombat. Because now you can have player, true, player versus player, playing at the same time, fighting each other. Uh, and, of course, there was always the the whole bloody, gory thing aspect to it that seemed to get all the news cycles' attention. Yeah. But putting that aside, it was actually a fun game to play. I mean, it worked. Uh, I enjoyed Mortal Kombat. And I remember when it came out on the home console, and and we're talking SNES days, Yeah, um, it wasn't that far from being like the arcade game. It was actually (laughs) worth owning the home console version. Unlike Pac-Man, you remember Atari Pac-Man. It was terrible.
1: Yeah, (laughs) apparently apparently it was written in about... Three days by some guy who kind of got lumbered with the job, but um, yeah, it, it was it wasn't great. I mean, it, it certainly was. It was a, a, a pale emulation of the arcade experience. It you know it wasn't anything like the arcade at all.
0: I loved it though.
1: Oh well, yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> our expectations we, were a lot lower then.
1: Well, that, well, that's right. And the thing is, it because it was the only way to play Pac-Man outside of feeding a machine quarters, unless you owned your own arcade. Um, so, so you kind of, you embraced it because of, because of what it was. I mean, I remember there was, I'm um, certainly in the UK, there was a really big popularity for the, the kind of the handheld fixed, I mean, this is, this is before even the Game Boy came out. So this is the, uh, the handheld games versions of Pac-Man, which were, you know, that, that's all they did is they played Pac-Man. They had fixed screens and.
0: Are you talking about um, the tabletop ones? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. And, and, and then, and then the, after that came the actual LCD handheld ones, you know, do you, uh, kind of the game, game and watch versions of, and there was a whole load of knockoffs of, of the game.
0: Did you have um, the any of those? Because I had the tabletop Donkey Kong, where it looked like a little miniature arcade console or cabinet. Yeah. And I actually still have it.
1: Wow, does it still know. work?
0: Yeah, actually, it does. And here's a funny thing: when my mom and dad got it for me for Christmas, I don't think that one came from Santa. I think that one came from my mom and dad. Yeah. Um when they got it for me, they did something very smart. They bought me the battery kit, which was four uh, plastic D cell batteries that you plugged in with a plug that looked very much like a nine volt. And then you could plug it into the wall. That way it didn't require batteries. Okay. And that was very smart. Now, here's what happened. Um, There's actually kind of a long story involved, but I'll cut to the chase. When I stopped playing this game, I kind of even way back then thought I I might want to play it again someday. So I put it in this cabinet in the basement of my parents' house that didn't have anything else that belonged to me in there, and I promptly forgot about it. Uh Jump ahead, um, I don't know, 25 years, more maybe, uh, and we're talking, I'm going to say five years ago. And I'm explaining to uh, one of my kids this Donkey Kong game that I liked so much. I said it was it was terrible gameplay, um, and it, the the noise was just like ding 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 boing ding. I mean, it was just terrible. But I loved it because it was like a little arcade game, and I yeah. can clearly remember sitting uh, next to a big speaker in my front room, listening to the top forty hits, playing either the Atari twenty six hundred or that tabletop Donkey Kong. Yeah. So it's very, for me, very eighties. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
1: I, I had I had a few games like I don't, I don't think I ever had any kind of the name branded ones. I had a, you know, kind of a space shooter one and and um, you know a breakout clone and stuff like that. But unfortunately, over the years, I think most of them stopped, stopped working.
0: Oh, of course. You know, you,
1: if you put them in a if you put them in a cover with batteries in, they would normally the batteries would leak, and that one, that must game over. At that
0: point. Oh, <laughs> like, and that and that was why I was glad that my mom and dad got me the power adapt. Well, yeah. that and because my batteries wouldn't wear out and I had to wait till my allowance came before I went and bought batteries. And That's no right. kid I, likes to buy batteries. Yeah, I remember
1: I remember going through a series of wall transformers because a lot of them had sockets that would allow them to be powered off the wall. Um, but the wall transformers also would wear out. The uh, the cable connections would go in the uh, in the plugs at the end. And, and again, you know, back then you didn't really normally have the technical skill to kind of cut it off and solder a new one on. And, and they were expensive to buy. And so you kind of, again, you were, you were out
0: so I went and looked at my parents' house because I remembered, you know, all these years later, I think I saved that game. And I think I put it in that old yellow metal cabinet in their basement. And I went and looked, and sure enough, there it was sitting in that cabinet right where I had placed it 25 years ago uh, with the power pack. And I plugged it in, and it worked fine. And I couldn't believe yeah. it. And yeah. I ended up playing it. Oh, I must I must have played it for a good 30 seconds before i remembered how terrible it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, nice I, I brought it home and my kids tried it a little bit and now it's just on a sh- kind of a shelf of honor next to my yeah. boom box from the 80s that i found on ebay
1: but the thing is, is i mean what was what was also fun about those games compared to the arcades was that you because they were handheld you could actually sit you know you could have a few friends around you could sit around and each have a go and try and you know get better scores and it it was again it was the first time you would get that kind of competitive element
0: where you were trying to outdo somebody right exactly so before we go any farther david let's take a quick commercial break and uh put in a plug here for the MyMac podcast hold on it's guy and gaz the g-men from the mymac.com podcast our podcast has been going strong since 2004 talking about all things mac and apple with great guests and listener invites so there's never a dull moment the mymac.com podcast
1: irrelevantly relevant find us on itunes just do a search in the podcast section with MyMac, subscribe and prepare to be entertained
0: All right, and we're back, David, and uh, make sure you guys listen to the MyMac podcast. It's the flagship podcast at MyMac.com, and, of course, Tech Fan is part of the MyMac.com family of podcasts. And uh, video games, David, well, you know, before we get to that, I guess we ought to give some contact information out while we while I'm remembering. Of course, if you want to email the show, it's Tim at MyMac.com. That'll come directly to me. You can also send one to David at... Uh, Is David Cohen at mymac dot com? And we have a Skype number you can call, leave a message, and we'll play your audio right here on the show. It's one eight zero one nine three eight five 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 nine. You're listening to this on your iPhone, so I know you have the ability to call. So just call the number, and leave a message. We play it right here on the show. You know, I was just thinking about this, David. I actually got um, a little bit of feedback on Twitter. And I thought it was kind of interesting. So let me pull up Twitter real quick. Sign in, which you know it takes me longer to sign in than it does to uh, anything else on Twitter. Why it doesn't remember it every single time, even though I click the button that says "Remember Me," it, yeah, I, it doesn't I, remember.
1: I, I think because of some of the hacking incidents they've had, they've kind of they've uh, they've dropped a lot of the cookie the cookie stuff. And this 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 new Fire Sheep hack is a. Uh, is a bit of a problem for stuff like Twitter as well.
0: So Ed Oden, um where's Ed from? Vivian, Louisiana, right. sent me a uh, comment, a direct message on Twitter, and it says the tech fan theme kind of sounds like a a remix of the Batman Beyond theme song. Ah! And so I yeah, went, I can, and, yeah, I went and listened to both uh, of them, and I thought, wow, there is a lot of similarities there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, uh, of course, I can, I can see what he means there. I, I can. And that the the Tech Fan podcast was written and produced uh, by a friend of ours named Kevin Reeves, and he also did the original MyMac podcast theme. So we've had a long relationship with Kevin when it comes to music, and I believe we had him on one or two times on the MyMac podcast. So um, he's a great musician. Make sure you if you like our theme and you want to hear more music like that, but much better because he'll be singing and you know <laughs> it's it's actual music instead of just theme music uh just do uh, a search yeah. for kevin reeve's music on google and you'll find him
1: he's very versatile as well it's not all stuff like that he, he covers a wide variety of styles
0: hmm. Uh, a little refreshment there to to uh wet the throat so let's jump back into video games david obviously we both play video games i wouldn't consider myself a hardcore gamer By any stretch of the imagination anymore, I just don't have time. I
1: wish I did. Um, Me too. You know, but but I I mean, I find even when I do have time, I have I have um, limited stamina. You know, I can play for a few hours, but I couldn't play like eight eight hours straight, which is which is what the real you know. I mean, I've I've never contemplated buying a new game and sitting down and playing it through in one sitting, which I know a lot of people like to do. I've Um, tried it
0: on games that I just absolutely love. But I don't, I don't know – I don't understand that mentality, David. It's like, there's okay, this, I got yeah. this $60 game and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to consume it all at once and I'm going to be done with it and then I get a sense of pride. Well, well uh, isn't that a little the, gluttonous? Well, uh, there is this kind of uh, – mm, Chocolate uh, cake. Mm, nom, com- nom, 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 yeah. nom, oh, it's gone. <laughs> there, there is this kind
1: of um, achievement mentality. Well, and, and, you know, I mean it's named – after the you know what you get on the Xbox live right where where actually
0: it's trophy is certain... on PS3 yeah
1: yeah and, and and it's all the same thing it's about it's about getting a flag on on an account that says you've you've done this you've done that and some people you know that's important to them that they they get those as quickly as possible so yeah. um, but but that's never <laughs> i i when these achievements flash up as I do I kind of go oh that's kind of interesting but I I, I wouldn't I've never done this, even though Nintendo did this many, many years ago with the with the Mario games, where they hid an awful lot of stuff in the games. and right. the, the hardcore gamers, the ones who played it through so many times, they found all the hidden stuff. I've never really been about that. I ne- I never really get. For me, the pleasure is 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 working through the story.
0: Yes. Uh, working through the or exploring the for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, and 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 doing it at my own pace, not doing it at any sort of artificial pace to get to the end, uh, because you know sometimes if you do um, if you do kind of push through very quickly to the end, then there may be branches in the story tree that you might not even get to see.
0: That, you so, know, that's what video games are for me, David. It's it's kind of the exploration. Don't get me wrong, I like the the journey itself. I like going from point A to point B. I get this achievement um i i beat the game i f- fu- you know that sort of thing i beat the bad guy uh but for me it's the exploration itself uh it's which is probably why i like the open world games a la red dead redemption um saboteur uh grand theft auto yeah uh, you know the the storyline and the game mechanics are very important to me but i, I like the exploration i like finding a little cabin in the middle of nowhere that has nothing to do with any part of the storyline in, in Red Dead Redemption. It, but it's, it's, And it's like a little piece of art that somebody that was working on the game made and plucked it in there, and most people probably won't see it unless you cover every square inch of the game. But I found it, and it's really cool.
1: Yeah, whereas I, th- I think for me, I like I like my games to be a little bit more linear than that. I've never been too enthused about the open world games um because you know i don't like the uncertainty sometimes that you can find you know and this this thing where you're you're trying to find an objective and you're kind of cruising around looking for it and you're thinking i know it's here somewhere but i can't remember exactly where it is so i like a bit of linearity but but for me you see if i were to sit down and play a game right through and it took me i don't know five six hours whatever i would feel cheated because i i like a game to challenge me i like to Go through a level and and maybe have to play it two or three times before I succeed because to me that is the that's the pleasure I get out of it is is kind of figuring out how you know how to solve the puzzle how to how to finish the level and even if it's a first person shooter where um you know I I kind of on each level I like I like to die a few times before I figure out the best way through um and um and that kind of trial and error ta- uh, you know tactic facet of of gaming it's something like that I enjoy. And if I were to sit down with a game and be so good at it that I didn't need to do that, then um I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy the game as so much because to me it would then become a little bit mechanical because there's so challenge to it. You know? I agree. But most uh, open
0: world games actually employ what exactly what you're talking about. It just gives you the opportunity to yeah. go other places and do what you want when you want, rather than, okay, now you have to do this. I mean if you follow the storyline, it's pretty cut cut and dry and many of them are you know, I died three times before I finally got past this section of the game. Um, yeah, but,
1: but for me, I mean, take Grand Theft Auto 4, which I I've, I played played a little while back. For me, knowing that I had different objectives were in different parts of the city, the actual mechanics of driving from one place to the other, because I wasn't really interested in going off and finding out what else was going on in the city, to me it then became, well, you know, why do I have to do this, you know? You could have took a I, cab. <laughs> I guess
0: so, yeah. You could have. <laughs> no. Um, although one of the things that I like about uh, GTA, and I think they did this really well, if there was a distance between, okay, I had to start here and then I go here and start the mission, and I died so I have to go all the way back to the beginning, um, it gave you the opportunity the next time you got into your car just to push a button to skip to the next part. So you didn't yeah. have to drive it all again. But I think we're getting a little off topic, though. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: the So... I like the open world. I also like the type of games that you say. Obviously, I, I play quite a few video games, but neither one of us are a hardcore gamer. If I can get in two hours a week of solid video game time, that's a lot for me. Um, yeah,
1: and, and, and most, most of the video games I play now, I do play on the iPad and the iPhone just because – that's the with only you. Time I, yeah, it's with me, and that's the only time I might have to actually play a game to myself right? Without, yeah. without dealing with family or work or something else.
0: Well, for me, if I'm at home and I fire up the Xbox or the you know, PS3 or whatever, and the kids see it, it's immediately, can I play this? Can I play that? Can yeah. I play this? So I don't, yeah. I don't actually get to play it myself. And it's like, okay, okay right. go ahead. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I didn't buy a lot of games over the last couple of years uh, compared to what I wanted to. So, one of the future things that's here right now is games on demand. A prime example of this, um, is it the 360? Yes, it's the Xbox 360. They have games on demand, and it costs money. It's not just Microsoft Points, it's actual money. And they had Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Now, I knew everyone said this was a good game. I had played the demo and thought it was quite clever. I liked it. But I never actually bought the game. And there it is nineteen ninety nine and it's the full version, plus it's got whatever extra bonuses that came out around yes. the launch, plus those, so it's like the mm-hmm. ultimate edition, twenty yeah. bucks. I downloaded it, mm-hmm. it took like I you don't know two or three hours i It's like six gigabytes altogether yeah. so there's the full game. I didn't have to go to the store to buy it. It's just there, of course, obviously, low times are going to be faster and all that. With the iPad and with the iPhone, we're kind of spoiled when it comes to games on demand. If, at least with the iPad, if I'm on a Wi-Fi network, I could jump on the App Store, find what I want, click download, done. It's starting to get yeah. that way with consoles now too.
1: Yeah, I mean it's. I mean the iPad, and the iPhone, and anything like that really is. There's a real impulse element to that. And you can be reading a review, or somebody can mention a game to you, and you can go and have a quick look at it, and. It's very easy to say, oh, yeah, I'll just try it, and, and then you've bought it. And, um, you know, I have quite a few games on my devices that kind of only played once or twice, and they look kind of cool, um, but, you know, I've never really sat down and, and decided to, to put an intensive amount of time into any one of them.
0: You know, thinking about that, I just pulled mine up to see if there's any games like that that I've got, and, boy, I was, are there.
1: <laughs> I, well, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've actually I've got a 32-gig iPhone. Um, and a 32 gig iPad and both of them have about nine gig of apps on now which I actually I, I noticed that the other day because I ran out of space on my iPhone and I thought nine gigs of apps how on earth did that happen I don't remember doing that yeah but there it is and and obviously you know each of the each of the um console manufacturers is now trying to it's trying to go they've seen the app store model really works and they're trying to go the same way as uh, sony tried it with the playstation go playstation portable go which was only online Yep. um i've i've just bought a um i've just upgraded my son from a from a ds to a dsi XL, um and i noticed when i set that up that they now have an online store for video games on there um, obviously, Xbox and PlayStation both have the online elements where you can get hold of games, as you say. So everyone's kind of going. Weedos as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, for some reason, I, I find on the consoles it it's still a bit too much of a. You know, unless I really sit down and think about it, it's too much of a um, too much of an effort to go through. You know, it's not something I've ever really done. And the problem is, the problem I, I find with my Xbox is that because you need to set up. Uh, you know, a decent level of Xbox Live account and give it a credit card and all that sort of thing because I'm, I'm not interested in all the other features that Xbox Live gives you. I've never gone through any of that. So, consequently, for me to go and buy games that way would be um, would be a pain because I'd have to sit down and go through that kind of setup process. Right. Obviously, with the iPad and, and the iPhone, I've already done that through my iTunes account. So, um, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of already bought in there. It does worry me a bit slightly when I, you know, and I set something up for the kids thinking... You know, crikey! This can be on the internet, and and if I'm not careful, they can be going buying, you know, buying all sorts of stuff. So um, you know, there is kind of. I sometimes I wish the management of all that was a bit clearer.
0: Well, I turn off for to remember my password. So unless yeah. you actually type in the password, you're not buying anything on my iTunes account on either the phone, the iPad, or the computer itself. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that's kind of important, and change it occasionally is. Uh, because they're sneaky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll spot similarity. Hey, wait a minute. They use this for the home alarm code. I'll add yeah. two more numbers in. Oh, voila, I'm in. Yeah. Um, so games on demand, games when you want them. Of course, that's dependent upon your internet connection, but that's only going to get faster as time goes on. What's the next yeah. big innovation?
1: Well, I, I mean, obviously every, the big thing at the moment is, is Microsoft Connect for the Xbox and um, kind of motion control and different ways of interacting with your games is the big thing. And the Wii's kind of led the way on that. And now uh, Sony's got a PlayStation version of that and then Microsoft have, have Connect as well. I must admit, I'm feeling a little bit jaded about all these things at the moment. Um, I've not had a chance to play with the Connect at all and i'm not i have no interest at all in buying one my xbox is in my office um and there is no space for me to start dancing around even if if i felt so inclined right um you know and 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 we have the wii and we do um we do occasionally play those sorts of games but actually a lot of the games we play on there are not particularly taking advantage of of all that technology the wii has I, i the problem is the great those sort of things are great when you've got a group of people um and uh you know they, they they're a great novelty i do worry that you know much as i was saying back at the beginning of the podcast about what we saw in arcades where all of a sudden they all standardized on you know it's either a light gun game or it's a cycle game or it's a driving game or it's a um you know a dancing game and that's all you ever saw in the arcades, and if you go in any arcade today, you'll find out it's pretty much the same way. That's all the games anybody sort of buys and and implements in arcade anymore. I do worry that kind of um, the consoles could go that way Um, and they would would kind of dominate a market for uh, constantly new peripherals uh, because it's a way of buying new games and, and selling new games and new hardware. And actually, some of the core cool gameplay things that we've just been talking about that we enjoy out of our games will kind of disappear or be marginalized because everyone's, you know, looking to sell the next controller. So um, I do, it does worry me a little bit. And I wonder in 12 months' time how many of these Kinects that are being sold this Christmas are actually going to still be in use or whether they'll just be sat on the TV gathering dust and, and not used very often.
0: I was thinking because, the same thing. And yeah, but, for, go ahead. Well, it's just that sometimes,
1: you know, it. it one of the things I like about a game is to be able to sit down and kind of just be twiddling the controller and using my brain to solve the game. But I don't necessarily want to be um bouncing around doing it. If I if I to, to me if, but remember this like is an either
0: or. I mean
1: No, no. But 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 the the problem is is is, is you know, it is in the Emperor's New Clothes model then the, the developers and the and the game manufacturers want to push that technology to um you know and they want to encourage it by constantly making new games for it because it's a way of selling more units. Right. It's a way of, of of extending the life of the console really and and I'd be really sad to see what we what you and I might call conventional gaming in our sense kind of be marginalized as a result. I hope it doesn't happen.
0: Well, when you look at the the big games, it, I don't think there's any chance of that happening anytime soon. And I was with you with the Connect for a while until we saw a commercial and it's for the connect and it's kineticals connect animal connect i don't know it's something to do with animals and connect and it showed this little um maybe it's a baby tiger something like that that kind of mimics what you're doing on the screen and it kind of interacts with you and it like runs up to the screen and puts his paws on your screen and so it looks like he's right there looking at you yeah and my seven-year-old saw it and went just looked at me and says i have to have that (laughs) <laughs> she didn 't say "I want that daddy yeah she didn't say that looks cool. She looked at me and said, yeah. "I have to have that yeah and i thought yeah that's that 's where this technology is going, and that 's what it 's for it's not for you and me david no. it's also not for the the twenty three year, year old twenty four year old black ops call of duty guy who's spending you know four hours a night with his buddies. Fighting terrorists, yeah. um, it's for the seven-year-old girls who wants to pretend to interact with the baby tiger. Mm. That's what it's for, and and yeah. for and if it's if that's what it is, I'm all for it. Great.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if that if that's the niche it's going to fill, like, I think it's a it's it's a kind of a premium way to achieve something like that.
0: But what's the um, next step? So we. Now they're because they advertise it as your body is the controller. Well, I don't want my body to be a controller. (laughs) Um, Whoever
1: whoever wrote that tagline has never seen my body.
0: No, right? Yeah, you don't, (laughs) and you don't want my body as the controller. (laughs) So, what's the next step? Um, I mean, we could talk about the current generation. What's coming next? For instance, uh, I've been reading rumors about the next PlayStation Portable, PSP Two. Which the Go isn't the successor. The Go is kind of its own thing. And it was a uh, dismal failure uh, from everything I yeah, understand. Yeah,
1: a terrible flop. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. And that they're finally listening to people, and they're going to give you two uh, analog controllers on right. the PS... Which is exactly what it needs. Yeah. Um If they could take what's great about the iPhone gaming platform, i.e. quickly download games... Um, my understanding is the PS2, PSP2 is almost or is as powerful as a PS3, meaning you could have full gaming on there, not just the stripped-down versions that we get on the iOS devices, but full versions. And it will have two controller sticks, which I think for serious gamers is a must. Um, As much as I like my iPad or my iPhone, I hate not having a controller. I hate it.
1: It, uh, yeah, I mean, it can be diff- very, very difficult.
0: Um, for most, for, for at least for shooters and stuff like that.
1: For an awful lot of games. Yeah,
0: tower um, defense is it, great touch, but you know, yeah,
1: you get a lot of games where they they put a virtual stick on the screen, but the problem is, is that, and, and I think there's 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 work to be done on that. Um, you know, I don't understand in my mind why, if I have a virtual stick on the screen, if I move my finger too far away from the kind of the active zone, the thing just stops working. Right. To me, it should not be beyond the realms of man to program a stick that, you know, sees your finger is tracking away and, and keeps the stick with you. Um, and, and to me, that, that's kind of one solution. Of, Harry of Potter problem. does that.
0: Yeah? It, it, what, it, it doesn't have a virtual stick. You just move your finger around on the screen and wherever your finger's at is where the character will go. Right.
1: Okay. Well, you know,
0: I think, I think that there needs to be a
1: little bit more innovation in, in, um, in that area in order to to solve that problem in the iOS devices. But I agree with you. I mean, Virtual 6, if they're not done right, and many games don't, it can be pretty horrible.
0: But do you think this is more because this is such a new technology? I mean, I, I think we're a little bit spoiled here, David, in that it's only been two years that other companies have been able to write for the iOS platform realistically, yeah. two years is nothing. If you look at the big games that are out there right now on the consoles, they had more than a two-year development cycle. I mean, yeah, you know, right. a Black Ops, you know, o- what I mean, is it, taking, a Call of Duty yeah, Black, Black Ops?
1: Black Ops is, is I, mean, it, it, I mean, three and X, a half ex- years. Three and a half years, and the Xbox itself has been out for, what, five, six? Exactly. To get to the point where they can exploit the platform that much.
0: Yep, so um, we're, we're basically two years into the iOS, and we're already bitching. Well, you know that's the consumer. we're the consumer, yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah. and' we're, and it's valid though I mean that's where the consumers make me happy it is there is
1: there is a the the, dif- the difference for me is that is that to be fair to the developers, you know when you're paying you know even for a, an EA game on their iOS device, which might be you know eight nine dollars um compared to sixty dollars for an Xbox game, I mean for sixty dollars i ex- I don't expect to ha- for it to have functional issues. For me, if for a sixty dollar game, if it has functional issues, I have a real problem with that. Yeah. Um I'm often prepared to cut developers an awful lot of slack for eight dollars.
0: But we probably yeah. shouldn't. I mean, realistically, well, our expectations should be just as high for a five ninety nine iPhone game than a fifty nine ninety nine Xbox game. They, I mean it's yeah, still real are, dollars. This is it's it, a mature it platform. Dollars,
1: but the thing is, is that um, you know, I it would be, it would. I mean, I like it when when developers actually give you a, a free or a light version of the game, so you can actually try before you buy. But um, uh, you know, I mean, eight dollars. If, if I spent eight, ten dollars on a game, and I end up not playing it very much, and I have games like that. I mean, I, I bought. I think I, I bought um, Red Alert two. Uh, sorry, Red Alert for the iOS. Oh, so, terrible! Right. Um, and it's you know, it's it's difficult to get, to get into. It has some real problems. But, you know, I, I don't, I kind of, it, it's still low enough that I can kind of say, okay, well, that's kind of the way it goes. I mean, let's face it, you go to the movies, you spend more of that, more than that on a bucket of popcorn and a drink. So, um, you can, you know, you can kind of rationalize it. Maybe we shouldn't, but, but you do.
0: You do, absolutely. Here's a game that I think is kind of, I don't want to say it's too innovative because the, the basic gameplay is, uh, we've had this for years and years. The game is called Star Wars Arcade Falcon Gunner. Have you tried this one yet? I haven't
1: because I've I've heard somewhat um, somewhat poor reviews of it. So now, I, the, the
0: actual gameplay itself about. is kind of sucky. You're basically in the cockpit of the Minelian Falcon and you're shooting TIE Fighters. We were doing right. that back in the 80s. Yeah. In an actual cabinet that looked like a TIE Fighter, you know. Yeah, and in, the in original,
1: the, that original Vector um, Star Wars game was really fun. Oh,
0: God, it was fun. It was so smooth and it was fast and... Um, if you ever got into the one that you were actually in the cockpit, they yeah. had surround sound at a time where yeah. surround sound was pretty rare. It That's was right. amazing.
1: And, al- and also actual samples of, uh, from Star Wars. Yeah. You know, the music was right and the, and the voices were there. You
0: and know, we didn't have anything else great. to compare it to either. Yeah. So I got this uh, Star Wars Arcade Falcon uh, Gunner for one reason and one reason alone. You could turn off the background... And it sees what your camera sees. Now, I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. The TIE fighters are coming in. I can see my control sticks. I can see my laser shooting out. But it looks like the TIE fighters are flying around in my room here. Right. Okay. Kind of like a – kind of like a – virtual
1: reality. Yes. Or, yes. Yeah.
0: And it works great. It, it, I mean – but it's a novelty. The, the TIE fighter isn't really in this room. Um, I can only see it because I'm looking at the screen on my iPhone. You do have to move your whole body around because it's not just a control stick to move. You have to move the whole phone. So it could be up, down, left, right, whatever, uh, 360 degrees. And while the – you know, and it works. But it's been there, done that. It's a gimmicky thing that they slapped over an old idea, which isn't necessarily a bad thought, but – it's really not virtual reality. It's, it's just no. not. But is that where video games are going to eventually go, where you're in a room and the TIE fighters' little light constructs are literally flying around you? Is that the future, or do you well, think people really I, don't want I, that?
1: I think those sorts of things, you know, like all of these things, will have a niche. Um, you know, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying before. Sometimes I just don't want to be. Up prancing about and that I wouldn't want to necessarily go into a room and fight a real looking bad guy with a real looking sword. But you're going to be 60 and,
0: when that happens, David. And so am I. And we're not well, that consumer. Well,
1: yeah, But but the, the point is, is that sometimes, you know, sometimes you want to in, sometimes you do want to interact with your entertainment and sometimes you just want to consume it. Right. You know, and, and to me, I think there will be times when you would want to go to the holodeck uh, and there are times when you wouldn't want to go to the holodeck. You just would want, you know. I I would put it like this: if I were Captain Picard, yeah, there'd be times I'd like to go down to the holodeck and be Dixon Hill. But you know what? I bet if you put Angry Birds on one of those um, pad things in front of him, he'd probably have a bit of fun with it.
0: I agree, but I, so, I'm not sure where you're coming from because uh, it's not I, it's I'm, either or. I mean, well, yeah, but but I, I think I think.
1: The problem is is that the sort of investment you'd have to go into to kind of build that sort of technology is is again is going to crowd out it's going to crowd out other things because the manufacturers are always looking for the next big thing uh, and what they'll do is they'll drop the old stuff as quickly as they can to try and force you into the next big thing
0: but they don't really know what the next big thing is do they i no, mean they're, they're none of them it. foresee was foreseeing the iphone being if you go back to two thousand and five. Which is five years ago. Everybody knew the PS3, the Wii, and uh, the Xbox 360 was either here or coming, and they knew that they were all three of them were going to be pretty popular. They knew that the new Game Boy was coming, and there was already rumblings about the PSP. Who would have thought five years ago that Apple would have a portable anything that would be dollar for dollar kicking their butts in game sales? I never would have predicted that. And no, that was but, but, just five years ago.
1: But the, you see, the problem is that sort of innovation is few and far between. You get much more people following than leading. And look at the Wii as, a, as another example of that. The Wii, when it, back, well, back before it was named, when it was still the Nintendo revolution, was universally derided... Uh, people said it's underpowered. It's got this weird controller thing. It's not going to work. Nobody's going to buy it. Nintendo, are, are, you know, have, have dropped the ball here and everything. And they absolutely—they're it, falling away now. But for about two, three years, they absolutely cleaned up in the console market. Yep. They absolutely cleaned up, and there are plenty of people who, whether they bought an Xbox or they bought a PlayStation Three, they bought a Wii as well.
0: Yep, I'm one of them. So
1: yeah. So that and and it's you need companies to innovate and to say, okay, well, we're going to try something new. We're going to really push the boat out, and Apple's done that, and Nintendo have done that. What have Microsoft and, and Sony done? They've just effectively copied me too. on a the theme. For yeah, me. me too. You know, and the, and the problem is, is, that, is that that's what worries me, is that too many people will will chase... Uh, what's out in front, rather than go out and say, okay, well, that's been successful. There's obviously a market for different things. How could we do this completely differently? And even the Kinect, the, Microsoft did not develop the Kinect because they looked at the Wii and said, you know what, it will be even better if you could actually use yourself as the controller. That technology fell into their lap, and they kind of said, okay, well, let's adopt this. Yep. You know, they did not go out and chase it. They did not go and find it. They certainly didn't go out and develop it themselves. They basically said okay, well, here's an opportunity, so let's grab it.
0: So what's um, funny about the connect for me is I've seen a lot of um, people connecting it because it just connects via USB, yeah. connecting it to computers, writing custom software, and, and be able to do different things with it. They did the same thing with the Wii controllers back then too. I used to have a program that would allow me to use a Wii controller on my Mac, which was cute for like five minutes, and then I deleted the drivers and never did it again.
1: But yeah, I've I've seen software that allows you to use a, a Wiimote uh, effectively to turn any whiteboard into an interactive whiteboard that's very, very cool.
0: Yeah, I, and I think that's great usage of an existing technology. But here's the thing. Microsoft and, and Nintendo don't like it when people do that. And I don't understand that mentality. You're selling hardware. Who cares what people – Who cares if – does Microsoft really care if I buy a 100 of these connects and use them as chandeliers? Do they really care if I'm playing games with it? They don't care. They're selling hardware. Now, obviously, the game makers themselves want me to buy games. Yeah. But – I I think Microsoft worries that you will stumble upon the next
1: big thing and they won't have control of it.
0: Well, if they're still selling – if it's the hardware, if it's their hardware that's powering the next big thing – I think well, they're being a little short sighted. Don't, don't you think well, that they yeah. should get in front of the homebrew community and say, "Hey, we're going to have a competition. Who could do the coolest thing yeah. this year with with the Connect?"
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think they should. I mean, look at what Valve did when Team Fortress was developed. Mm-hmm. Team Fortress was a mod for Half Life. Yep. Right. And it was it basically they stripped the game right back to the core and turned it into a, a you know a multiplayer online collaborative shooter. And rather than you know, trying to trying to block that or stop it. Not only did Valve encourage them, they ended up buying it out and yep. turning it into into their next big piece of software. Now Microsoft should do stuff like that with the home community, but this is Microsoft we're talking about. It's not the way
0: they play. It's even less the way Sony plays. Sony literally you know try discourages it, goes after people who does it with their hardware. Which I, I just don't get. Now yeah. and, and, it, and you know, let's hold up our hands here as Apple fans. We know that Apple does as well. Oh absolutely Look,
1: you know, and look what they've just, I mean, it's not its not transpired yet, whether it's a bug or a deliberate thing, but they've just done something to the iPad that reduces the power output of the dock port, dock yeah, so went the, from, connector. Yeah, it went
0: from 100 milliamps to 20 milliamps. Yeah, and yeah. Um, effectively, it means you can't use a whole bunch of things that people were using it for before as hard drive. Yeah. And I don't understand why they did that, but... Well, we'll see whether, it, whether it's
1: intentional, whether it's a bug, or whether they just want to save battery life. But, it, you know, whatever, unless it's a bug and they didn't mean to do it, um, you know, even, even if it is a bug and they didn't mean to do it, will they, will they fix it in the next release? It's a bit kind of um, unlikely.
0: But Apple has shown a tendency in the past, more than a tendency actually, to, to see what other companies are doing on their platform and just doing it themselves. Um, the prime example is a clock in your menu bar. Most people assume that that was always there. It wasn't, um, uh, somebody did that. Apple liked it. They incorporated it. Uh, another good example. There's a thousand of them that Apple saw somebody doing on their platform said, Ooh, that's a good idea. And they just did it. Delicious library, a prime example. Uh, you look at delicious library on the mac and then look at the iBooks on an ipad yeah. hmm looks a little kind of similar i think who would have thought
1: yeah. yeah. so here's one thing that that actually is bugging me at the moment about something that apple's done that's that's copied uh, other other forms game center on four, on ios 4.2 right I understand the concept behind it, which is to allow you to see what your friends might be playing and potentially to play against them. I don't want to do any of that. And yet, every single game I've got now is being updated so it supports Game Center. And then every time I go in the game, I'm getting all these pop ups saying, Do you want to log on to Game Center? you know do you do you want to see other stats i'm thinking well i don't want any of this i don't want that i don't want open faint i don't want any of the other systems i just want to play my game yep and and it annoys me that that um a feature like that is not optional it's kind of imposed upon you um in such a in such it's very to me it's very unapple like to kind of force you to you know, well, here's this thing and you must do it or, or you must explicitly not do it. And if you're going to explicitly not do it, I'm not going to remember you said you didn't want it and stop bugging you. Next time I'll see when did you change your mind. It kind of is driving me crazy. And and at this point I'm thinking I really wish there was a way you could actually just take Game Center out and disable it completely. Maybe there is, I don't know. I've not really looked, but... Um,
0: I don't know if there is or not. I'm launching it right now on my iPad. Um, and I think it's terrible, by the way. Uh okay, so I'm logged in. Actually it, it doesn't remember my password. Uh, uh that don't look at my password, David. And that I think. Um and it didn't work. Oh well, it doesn't matter. One of the things I like about it is it allows me to find games that are, you know, game center compatible. Yeah. But it wasn't letting me click to see what games I already had that are game or really what I wanted to do is see what my friends are playing. And and, uh, the initial release of Game Center on the iPhone, I couldn't figure out how to do that. It just seemed kind of clunky and and not even well thought out. It's like, well, we're going to put like the Xbox Live on here and there you go. Well, no, it's not. (laughs) It doesn't really work. Um, I mean, some games do it very subtly and very well. For instance, have you ever played Doodle Jump? No, um, I have. Which, I've got it. I haven't played yeah, it in years. Yeah,
1: well, so so, so the, obviously the idea with Doodle Jump is to get as high as you can. You have to tilt your uh, your phone to to get the guy to jump as high as he can, and, and the platforms are shifting and moving, that sort of thing. But as you play it, you can just see on the side, it's in the background, gone to the Internet, and it's seen on the level you're on where other people have got to and it will just put a little mark on the side, kind of like a height mark. Oh, clever now, now, you see, that is subtle, and that's interesting, and that's okay, and it doesn't get in your face. And then if you want to kind of really get into that, then you can say, okay, well, I, I want to... And you can go into the options and kind of figure that up. To me, that's the intelligent way of doing it. Not a great big pop-up that, you know, you just... You've got two minutes. You want to quickly have another go at the Angry Birds level you've been stuck on for ages. And as soon as you file the thing up, immediately all these pop-ups start coming up saying, do you want to log on to Game Center? You know, no, I just want to try this level again. You know, really irritates me. Um, somebody, you know, it, sent,
0: uh, somebody wrote an article, because you just mentioned Angry Birds. Yeah. And they wanted to know, is Angry Birds going to be, or is it already as popular as Pac-Man? And I thought, no, and no, it's a fad right now, but will anybody really be playing angry birds a year and a half from now? I don't think so. I think it's one of those games that come and go and you forget about them. Remember a year and a half ago, everybody was talking about field runners. Yep. Is anybody Um. talking about field runners anymore?
1: and plants versus zombies was another one
0: that that was that was, that was about a 8 months ago, yep. Yeah. Plants, and now nobody talks about that anymore. And now everyone's freaking out over Angry Birds and I've I've got all of those games and quite honestly of, of those 3 Angry Birds is the worst by far. It's simplistic and to me boring and repetitive whereas Plants vs Zombies is actually quite clever and yeah. um Field Runners is still to this day the best tower defense on the iOS platform. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I don't yeah, see I, anything that uh, Angry Birds does that's particularly clever, or memorable. I,
1: I think I think what what's clever about Angry Birds is they've combined two or three different genres. There's a puzzle element to it. There's a there's a choice element to it about choosing what you know what approach you're going to take. Um, and there's also there's a physics simulation in there, which is is always a, a you know a lot of fun if you're into that sort of thing. So they they've just kind of distilled it in quite a nice way, and they're also they're marketing it very cleverly because they're constantly releasing new levels for it. Um, they're kind of drip feeding those levels in, so not everyone is a paid upgrade, and some of them. If you pay for a if you pay for a paid upgrade, then you the next version you'll get for free, and and this that and the other. You know they, they're kind of they're kind of playing the marketing game very well. Um, mm. But, you know, as you, to, to say it's as big as Pac-Man, no, I don't think so. I, I, because you know, ultimately, it's, it, its replay value is extremely li- limited because once you've solved a level and you know that each of the levels effectively has a trick, once you've figured out what the trick is... Uh, and you're reasonably competent in actually getting the birds where they need to be, then effectively you, you, the, the level has no more replay value. So, so it it only has a life as long as people continue to make new levels for it. And I would imagine that, that before long they will release a level editor for it to allow the communities to do that. But uh, but whether it... whether I mean, I'm sure it's made the developer a lot of money, but whether it has the actual long-term appeal of something like Pac-Man, I don't think so.
0: You know, I'm hearing there's going to be a comic book, I'm hearing there's going to be a movie... And I was yeah. like, really, really. Yeah. That that's where you go with this franchise.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I could see them. I could like they did with Pac Man. I could see them making a make perhaps a, a children's TV series, a cartoon series out of it. But anything more than that, no. I, I think, I think that, again, the developers are just really trying to cash in on what's what's currently a hot property. Uh, you know, and if you can get a if you can get a movie or a, or a, a series into production now, why people are interested in prepared to Or at least be sell the then, rights to. Said, yeah. Then, 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 maybe you know you can make some money. But whether whether ultimately it's going to have really long legs, I I'm, I'm not so sure.
0: Does anything out there right now have long legs? I would say probably GTA. That's been going on for ten years now, and doesn't seem to be losing popularity. No. Uh, Halo, five yeah. and a half, six years.
1: Yeah, but Halo's kind of on a downward spiral now, isn't it? I mean, the, I don't
0: know. The last one sold real well.
1: while. Well, there's, there, I think there, there's a difference between selling well and
0: actually being any good. I mean, you know, I heard a lot of good things about Halo Reach, though.
1: Yeah, I think it was better than the previous effort, ODST. Um, but the thing is, is that um, Bungie have kind of handed it over to some to Microsoft now, so yep. you know, new developer, new ideas. What about Warcraft? Well, you know, it doesn't seem like Blizzard can actually do any wrong at the moment. It what a, yeah,
0: like. StarCraft 2.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and of course, Diablo 3 is on the way, too. Yep. And I'm sure that's going to be a, a big hit as well. Um,
0: you know, obviously, Call of Duty has turned into a real monster. Yeah, but that's um, the kind of transitional thing, because right now it's Call of Duty, but one's the next World War Three or World War Two or Vietnam or the Iraqi War. First-person shooter, massive multiplayer comes out everyone jumps on that and no one remembers call of duty i mean isn't that isn't that the way these first person war games kind of happen one's hot and then it goes away and then the next one's hot and then that one goes away
1: yeah they, i mean call of duty's had a pretty good run i mean they've had four or five games now that have been hotter and hotter and hotter with each one I mean, it's interesting to see how long they can maintain that i mean Let's face it, two years ago, it was all about Guitar Hero and Rock Band, and that, that kind of seems to have it's run its course now.
0: Nobody cares about those games anymore.
1: No. So um, there, is, there is an element of, of the hot new thing with all of these things. Um, and, and that level of innovation is, is probably a good thing. I, I think the, the difficulty is is the way, unfortunately, the game industry is, is becoming very like the movie industry, whereas there, you know, the, the sums of money involved are so vast that the decision-makers can become very, very conservative and will not be prepared to invest in anything that doesn't have already a proven track record, which, of course, stifles innovation. And we've, you know, on Geeky Show Ever, we've talked about this at length in the past. You know, we we get so sick of sequels and reboots to established
0: properties rather than new, innovative stuff. And then yet the iOS comes out and it's changing everything.
1: Well, it is because it it allows, I mean, the the iOS... One one thing that the, the app store has given you is is it's put the control of, of development back in the hands of the bedroom coders. Yep. You know, people who are prepared to invest their spare time and limited resources into developing something that they really have a belief in. Um and, and of course, you know, for every 100 or 150 of lousy knockoff games and, and bad clones and that sort of thing you will get a monster hit like an Angry Birds or a Plants vs Zombies or something like that where somebody has a very clever idea implements it very well and it and it makes them a fortune
0: So with that we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. David Cohen thanks a lot for being here this week uh, That's- l- It looks like the next two weeks is going to be Friday recording so I don't know if those will work for you or not uh, uh, I hope so. I hope so too. Uh, right now, it's kind of like every other show—you're here and then you're not here—and that's because our schedules sometimes conflict. Um, yeah, and
1: so, yeah. I'm, but for those who've, who've been listening to the background of, of the podcast today, I'm actually sat in a car. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it's worth going the extra mile just to get. Well, on
0: the show. at first we thought David was going to be on a train. Yep. And then he said, no, he'll be at Starbucks. So we started the show, or at least started chatting while he was at Starbucks, and it was was terrible. It was way too loud in the background. And then he called me from his car, but that was not good because there was uh, a dumpster and someone was putting big cement blocks in it, you said? That's right, yeah. Yeah. So then he drove with the connection going. I could hear him rolling down his window and the beep beeps. And So he drove a little ways, and and then we actually started the show. So this is very much... Podcasting is already kind of guerrilla broadcasting, but this really was guerrilla broadcasting. Some, there's somebody over there that thinks you're working for MI6 or something. Absolutely. <laughs> it looks like I'm on a stakeout. <laughs> so, David, thanks a lot for being here. Hopefully you'll be here next week. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but that's kind of the norm on, on Tech Fan. We don't usually come up with ideas until the la- very you know last second, and then we run with it. Um, yeah, we'll
1: see what see what the week brings us next week.
0: Absolutely. So, if uh, if I don't talk to you before, then have a happy holiday, David, and hopefully I'll see you next week. Thanks very much. Speak to you soon. Bye bye.